Mabrika. Welcome, Soul Tribe, to this episode of Deep Soul Awakenings. Get ready to step into a place of visibility where your heart and intuition are your guides. soul tribe welcome back to this week's episode of deep soul awakenings i'm of course your host millie um so as you guys may have noticed i changed everything up a little bit um our icon intro outro our trailer um i did this because i really want to take ownership of the podcast and invest more time and more of my energy into it. So I figured that that would be the first step in starting for the new year. Um, so with that, I guess I'll just go right into it. Um, but side note, you know, we're still free Palestine, free Sudan, free Congo, free Yemen, free the water, free the earth, free the world, free all of the indigenous people free us you know because right now for a lot of us we're not really in control of our lives or the day-to-day that we are living so my prayer for everyone in this world is that one day sovereignty be given back to them and the earth be given back to its rightful owner itself and that we may return back to the people that we originally are in understanding that we are here to protect the earth and honor her for she provides everything for us without asking anything in return except for us to treat her and her creations well um so with that i um i wasn't really sure what to talk about today um because i feel like there's so many things that i could talk about um so I guess I'm going to just speak a bit more today about my journey and how it is that I got here. Um, I wanted to share an experience that I had when I was probably in maybe like my late teens, early 20s. Um, at the time, I had just really started a relationship with the goddess, uh, my patron goddess at the time. And still is, has always been Artemis. But at the time I, when I joined the coven, um, they were tied to Isis and Hecate. And I remember there was one day when I was living with my grandmother in Manhattan and it was really late at night, you know, um, projects in New York City in the Lower East Side. Um, I've always been daring and I've always felt pretty protected so I never feared going outside at night by myself so as I was walking my dog I believe it was a full moon and it was beautiful outside and I was feeling really good and really connected and I remember I had asked for a sign so as I was walking my dog I remember we were walking under these trees and I don't even remember what kind of tree it was all I remember is that suddenly the wind picked up And the leaves started just flying all around me. But the leaves didn't look like leaves. They looked like beautiful, 
beautiful butterflies, beautiful white butterflies flying all around me. And I remember I stopped and stared and just took it in for a second because I was just like, wow, you know, like, is this real? Am I crazy? <laughs> but I remember looking at my dog and my dog had also just stopped what she was doing and looked around and looked surprised, you know, and she was just taken back by the view as well. And it was like, I could swear that I was just surrounded by all of these beautiful butterflies flying all around me. And in that moment, I remember truly understanding with resonance that there was more to all of this. There was more to life. You know, there was energy, a spirit, a being that I could communicate with, and it was making itself known to me. And from there, I, um, I feel like I've been in various iterations of different covens. Uh, at the time when I considered myself a witch, I would say I was more solitary. And I kind of invested my time in my own things, my own rituals, my own ways of being. I would read tarot cards, but I wouldn't necessarily read them for a fee or anything like that. I would just read them for friends on occasion and for myself. Because at the time, this wasn't something that was very accepted by my family. Um, so I was in what you what so many of us call the proverbial proverbial broom closet. Um, because at that time, you know, my mom was still alive, and while my mom read tarot cards in secret, I wasn't allowed to. And you know, this all goes back to her trying to protect me in the best way that she knew she could. So this was a side that she knew I was connected to, but she sought to disconnect me from, for my own protection, you know, because for her growing up, these weren't things that you spoke about. These were things that you hid. It was known among the family, but outside of the family, no one was supposed to know. But the person I was, the person that I've always been, is someone who doesn't hide those types of things. Not really. Um, for better or worse, I've always pretty much been unapologetically me and upfront with the person that I am, much to the detriment of my mother, or so she would say. <laughs> um, but I always knew that I had a connection and I always knew that I understood things and I knew things that I couldn't explain. Um, and for me, I know that the visions that I get sometimes now are fairly new. I would say probably within the past year and a half or so. And I had a friend recommend to me that I should tell you guys kind of like what it's like when you have a vision. Um, so for me, it started in meditation where in the beginning I would see kind of like flashes of light. Um, for any of you who have taken psychedelic mushrooms, it's very similar to the visuals that you see when you close your eyes with the patterns and shapes and colors and all of those things, beautiful lights. Um, I call it now, it's kind of like 
going home, staying home. Started like that. Then it kind of transitioned and transformed into being able to see images within the light. I remember one of the first things that I saw the light kind of transform into was a vision of uh, an outline almost of an owl. Then it went to an eagle. Then it started transforming into shapes. Pretty soon after that, I could see silhouettes of people, which is very interesting. And then finally, I would say probably about a year ago now. No, I would say more, maybe more like a year and a half ago now. Um, I did an Akashic Records meditation with a teacher that I had at the time, a mentor that I had at the time. And this was probably one of my first experiences of it. And in that meditation, it was very visual and I was able to kind of see what looked like a movie play out in front of me. Well, not in front of me. Um, to me, what I say is that when you get visions, it's like seeing a story or a movie in the back of your head. So it's like that area by your forehead, but a few inches inward, kind of like in the middle, uh, essentially where your penile gland would be. And it's kind of like at first, I would only be able to see it when my eyes were closed. Now I'm able to see things with my eyes wide open. And it's almost like I see things, flashes, uh, movies play out in my head. It's kind of cool sometimes. Sometimes it's not, especially when I'm speaking to someone and I get a visual of where they are, what they're going through. Um, because especially in the beginning, I didn't know how to address that. And one of the first visions that I saw in the Akashic Records meditation was essentially, I remember seeing a flame and it was a beautiful candle flame and it was, the flame was so high and so bright and the flame split into two. And then I saw the word Africa written very clearly out in front of me. And from there, I was given a vision of a past life. And within this past life, I remember it being so interesting because it was like all of a sudden I was in ceremony and I was the person participating in the ceremony, but also observing at the same time. I feel like that's the best way that I could describe it. And it was a ceremony where everyone was dressed as different animals, like different deities. There was an eagle, there was a hawk, there was a sun, you know, all of these different aspects of, you know, creation, life, energy, spirit. And I knew that it was a ritual to honor these spirits. And I was just watching everyone dance from the sidelines. Like I was sitting and watching. I wasn't participating at first. But I remember watching this one being, this one person, this one energy. 
dance and it was at first like a mix of a hawk and an eagle like it would kind of flash in between the two and then it kind of separated and this being during the ceremony put his hand out to me and I remember grabbing his hand and the vision and literally in that second crying absolutely hysterical and it wasn't bad it was beautiful but I remember crying because it was the first time that I had felt safe in this lifetime and I knew that I felt safe because of that energy, because of that person. And I recognized them in a sense where I knew that I loved them. And then when the person grabbed my hand and bring me into the circle, I remember I transformed into what the embodiment of a swan, a representation of a swan. And I joined in on a ceremony and the dancing and then there was a moment where they wrapped their arms around me and kissed me and we soared to the sky. And of course, you know, in a very milly fashion, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, no, I can't soar with you. I have two children in this lifetime. <laughs> and I remember the being like literally just reaching its arm down, um, its wing down, because remember, it was the spirit of a bird, a hawk, and an eagle. Um, but later I came to know it was an eagle. And all of a sudden, swooped his arm, and then my two boys were with me, soar with us, soaring in the air. And for me, after that, after that vision, after experiencing that past life, after remembering that energy, that person, that love, and that feeling of safety, everything changed and I was never the same again. And it's all been for the better. Um, I've been gifted many memories of my past lives, um, which maybe we'll get into another day. Um, and all of the memories of the past lives that I've been gifted, it's always, it always has to do with the same energy. I call them the spirit of the eagle that I first met in this vision. Um, apparently it's someone that I have been with in many lifetimes, loved in many lifetimes, lost in many lifetimes, but we won't go into that today. But that's where it all started. From there, I was able to see visions consistently whenever I meditated. And they became more vivid. More recently, um, when talking with people and having conversations, I'm able to see things, see visions. Um, I got into a lovely conversation with a co-worker about a child she was working with and I could see exactly what this child was going through 
in my mind and what it was like for him. But I could also see her and her purpose and the understanding that she is what I call a lighthouse. She is here to literally just be, be her beautiful, bright, energetic self so that those children within this lifetime who need her help can find her. Um, so far in this life, she doesn't have any children, but I say she has many children because she has a beautiful soul, a beautiful spirit, beautiful love. And with her was the first time where I had a conversation where I started to receive visions based on the conversation that we were having. And again, it was like flashes, a movie playing in the back of my mind, back of my head. And from there, it's just pretty much been progressing. Um, you know, if you tell me you can see something or you ask me a question, sometimes I get pictures and I can give you more of an understanding. I say that I... Um, well, I've mentioned before that I am also a medium, which is fairly new to me um, in the aspects of embracing it, because I've always been that way. I've always been able to connect. I mentioned my dreams before. And when I receive connection messages from the mediumship, from the mediumship abilities, from, you know, people's dead, people's spirits, ancestors the people around them it's not so much movies it's more flashes i know one person i worked with um, her father had passed away and he was a biker and i i didn't know this person but i kept seeing this man on a harley and i was like hey you know um did your dad did he have biker energy was he a biker and sure enough he was and it's always like a picture that they show me. Sometimes I can hear words, but not, not consistently. For me, it's more of the clairvoyance, claircognizance, where I have the clear knowing and clear seeing. And it's always been very interesting. More so now. I'm also learning that I am able to do a lot of these things because I am also able to help transmute energy and being able to connect with people and receive clear visions of where they are, what they're going through, or, you know, sometimes the people that they miss, sometimes the people that have passed away that they feel like they've lost that are literally right next to them most of the time. It's a gift that I use to help them to connect, to, to grieve, to process, to heal. You know, to me, it is part of the medicine that I can give others, part of the medicine that, you know, is part of my spirit and my soul. Now I've decided to start doing the transmutation of energy sessions with people one-on-one -on -one so that I can help them through their process, help them to shift energy, shift blockages in the ways that I know how. And of course, you know, I can do the tarot readings, I can do the bone readings, but I realize now that all of that stuff was kind of like a crutch, a tool that I use to strengthen my abilities to become this person that I am.
And I share all of this with all of you because I know that there are many of you who also have visions who sometimes chalk it up to something else. There are some of you that have clear audience, that clear hearing, where you hear things, but you chalk it up to talking to yourself or you don't say anything because you don't want anybody to think you're crazy. And I'm here to tell you that you're not crazy. I'm here to tell you that you are very sane. There's just a whole nother world out there that we've been conditioned to disconnect from. You know, there is a reason why our ancestors considered the earth and the rocks and the trees and everything, you know, all of the creatures, all of the beings, all of the energy, all of these wonderful things within this world to be sacred. And it's because they are, because they have connection, because they have energy, because they have, they are beings in themselves. You know, and the, the trees are wise and all-knowing and connected and can also help you to transmute energy when you connect to them. I've learned that they can actually recognize you with resonance after connecting with them for a while. The plants have beautiful medicinal properties and are here to help us heal, to nourish us, to guide us, to love us. There's so many things that we've been gifted with that we've been pushed to turn away from, to disconnect from, and in order to kind of push us and persuade us to a materialistic world where we are more worried about accumulating things than we are with connecting with self. And I feel like, you know, in my opinion, that's why so many of us are depressed. That's where a lot of the anger comes from. You know, and for a lot of us, I recently um, connected with the goddess Oshun. And in connecting with her, I gave myself a beautiful bath of oranges, yellow flowers. I used chamomile because that's what I had here. <laughs> Salt and honey. And I prayed over the water and I called out to her and I spoke to her because she gave me the lovely invitation of helping me heal. Because there is a lot of womb healing that I need to do. And when I connected with her, she also gave me beautiful visions and understanding. She came to me first as a snake. Then she transformed and shifted into a spider and weaved a web and showed me how everything is connected. How each decision, each action, each person, each thing within this world and universe is connected. And how it all correlates together. And she helped me to understand how to be a weaver of my own destiny. Of my own experience. Of my own creation. She also showed me my ancestors. Dancing in fields. But also working in fields. She showed me that what they would do by day. And how they would break their backs working. But at night. At night would be time of community where they would sing and dance and connect. 
and love and music and rhythm and honor her, connect with her. The next thing that she showed me was myself shackled naked, of course, because I was in the bath, but also because Lord knows that in my past lives, the first time that I was ever shackled, I probably was naked. I had shackles on my arms, on my wrists, on my ankles, and there was one around my neck. And I could feel the rage in me, the anger, the frustration, and my body tensed, and my hands were clenched, and I was fucking furious. I can't even explain the rage, and in that moment I understood what sacred rage is. And she told me, she showed me that the only person that could free myself from those shackles was me. And that in order for me to do so, I had to take control of my mind because my mind was the most powerful thing. And it brings me back to, you know, the conditioning. The voice that you hear that is unkind to you is not your own. That is the conditioned voice that makes you feel like you are not good enough, like you are not worthy. That voice is not your own. I've realized that the voice that is your own is that little voice that you hear that's almost like a whisper, a peep, that gives you that, that seed of, hey, maybe I can do this, or maybe I should try this, or maybe I do deserve better. She allowed me to free myself from those shackles. And I've noticed that since I have, the anger within me has subsided a bit. But in that, I have learned how to channel it into the things that I do, into the way that I move. And I've, I, am come, I have come to a place where I am transitioning into the embodiment of this person that I am, of the things that I hold true, of the truth that I hold in my heart, of this mission that I hold in my heart. And I can never go back to the way that things were. I can never go back to living a life where I felt like I was forced to choose between my children and working. My children were sick, but I had to work. And then, it was always a choice of, oh my God, if I miss this day from work, then I won't have any money. What am I going to do? How am I going to support us? And, you know, the constraints that this world puts on you, especially as a single parent. Now I'm in a place where my kids are sick and I stay home because I will never choose anything over them again. If I am not feeling well and I need a moment to myself, I choose myself. Because if I don't choose me, who will? If you don't choose you, who will? If you don't take ownership of your healing, how will you ever heal? If you cannot be truthful with yourself, then who can you be truthful with? So I ask all of you, you know, in those moments where it feels like it can be too hard, ask yourself, what is the alternative? And on the days where you feel like you can only give 40%, then you know what? Give the 40% because on that day, that's 100%. That's all you can give. And that is all that you need to do. 
every day is different and you can only take everything one day at a time. But stop telling yourself that you don't have time because time is the only thing that you have. When it comes down to it, when it comes down to the reality of it, everything in this world is bartered and traded in time. The time that it takes for you to work that day, what you get paid each hour, yeah, it's money, but it's paying you for your time. The time that you took to create something when you sell that piece of artwork. Yes, you're selling the art. Yes, you're selling the physical thing. But what did it take in order for you to create that time? You have time. You have time for yourself. You have time for healing. And I know that you can do it. And I love all of you so, so much. So I say to all of you, keep going. Keep pushing. Keep fighting. Don't give up on yourself. If you are worried that you're going to be punished because you didn't do something correctly or you feel like you're not praying correctly or you were inconsistent about something, understand that your ancestors and your spirits and your team and spirit and everything that you are and your higher self and all of these beings that you're connecting with, they are not going to give up on you. So don't give up on yourself. Because when you feel disconnected, a lot of the time, it is something within you that is disconnecting or something that is being brought up to be healed. Just take it one day, one moment in presence. As long as you are present, you are in control. Allow the motions to flow. For so many of us, we have stopped feeling. Allow yourself to feel Sit with your ancestors, talk to them, and allow yourself to feel at least in that moment of safety so that you can begin again to process and come home to yourself. I pray that all of your ancestors continue to guide you and that when you look up to the stars, you remember home. I pray for healing for all of you in love. And until next time, please be kind to yourself. And don't forget that the purest love that you can ever receive is the love that you can give yourself. Aho. Adri Kamabu. Thank you for listening to this episode. We look forward to continuing to find our way back to indigeneity with all of you. May your heart continue to be your guide. And remember that whenever you feel lost, you can look to the stars and your ancestors will help you find your way back home.